Hello, podcast listeners, especially those of you who've been around since the early days. The show will begin in just a moment. Stick around for that. But first, we have a bit of an announcement for some changes coming up to our podcast. Since we started doing the Back Row Morning Show in place of our once weekly podcast, the Back Row Baptist Podcast, we have racked up over 170 new episodes, averaging about an hour apiece over the past 15 months. Even with our few hiatuses, that's about 12 new episodes every month on average. As you know, the Back Row Morning Show is an exclusive of Back Row Radio, which is a listener-supported and ad-free online Christian radio station. We don't exist without our patrons, those who support us every month with a financial donation that helps us purchase music for the station each week, pay for licensing, apps, and advertising, and covers our hosting costs both for the station itself and for the podcast. So after over a year and roughly 200 hours of morning show content, we are making a change that will be a perk for our patrons and hopefully encourage more of you to support our ministry financially. After this Thursday's show on November 14th, we will be changing the way that we do podcasts. From that date forward, Forward, we will only be sharing a portion of our daily show for free. Each day we have a show, we will choose one particularly interesting or entertaining segment from that show that day to share through the podcast feed. However, the full podcast will only be available to our Patreon donors, members of our private Facebook group, The Scoop. Our patrons, otherwise known as our scoopers, will have exclusive access to the full shows the afternoon after our show airs live on Back Row Radio. Now, if you are an avid listener of the show, but not a patron, do not fear, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. You can become a scooper by joining our Patreon group with a donation as little as $1 a month. Though we hope you'll prayerfully consider giving a little bit more. Any donation amount will get you invited to our Facebook group and you'll remain there as long as you are an active donor. If by chance you aren't on Facebook but still want access to the full podcast after becoming a patron, don't worry because each Patreon donor will receive a custom RSS link to add to your podcast player of preference, ensuring that you never miss an episode. To sign up to become a financial supporter of your new favorite Christian radio station, visit us at patreon.com slash radio. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash back row radio thank you and enjoy the show Monday morning, everybody. As always, Mo's still shaking her head at me like last Monday. No such you thing as a happy Monday. Got <laughs> miserable Monday morning, everybody. We're here to make it a little bit better for you today because we know it sucks. Oh, uh, well, speaking of that, kind of a miserable topic this morning. Coming up on today's show, John Christ and the wages of sin, plus <sighs> the latest news, random facts, and more. 
But first, it is October 11th, and we've got a few holidays to celebrate. What do we got? So, we have National Sunday Day. Mm-hmm. Like, with ice cream and banana. No, that's banana split. Ice banana cream split, and <laughs> cherries and Cool Whip and, and caramel nuts, sauce typically. or chocolate fudge. Hot fudge, yeah, yeah usually. Or nuts. My favorite Sunday is Baskin-Robbins mint chocolate chip ice cream with their typical stuff. My favorite anything ice cream related is Baskin Robbins. So, yeah. yeah. We used to have one here, too. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like they are very few and far between now. Yeah, they've, they've definitely... Well, they've hooked up with Dunkin' Donuts. And so, hey. now, now you usually only find them in a joint Dunkin' Donuts and uh, Baskin Robbins 31 flavors. I mean... They could take out the PJ Fresh part of our pilot up the street. <laughs> it can be a Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins gas station all in one. Yeah. I'd be down for that. <laughs> uh, there is. There is. <laughs> it is also Origami Day. As in folded paper art. Did you ever make any of that? Like um, in school? Yeah, I feel like I made a bird, a swan. Yeah. But I that's made- it. Pardon me. Ugh. I made something. I think it was a yeah. I think it was a swan too. I, I think, think that's the common thing. Yeah. Isn't it? Yep. Pardon me while I blow my nose, everybody. Goodness gracious! Came so out of nowhere. Gross. All right. Whoop. Um, and then that little like. I know no one can see me. Oh, right that <laughs> the the little the little choice thing, little yeah, chooser thing. The eight sided. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. So Mila has started making those. Yeah, I've, I saw, I think last year I saw her making one. Yeah, it's like she? a blast from the past. Yeah. Made me I made smile those even in high bit. school. And then, of course, most importantly, today is Veterans Day. Veterans Day. So shout out to all of those who signed a dotted line at some point in their lives and served, whether for two or four or six or 22 years. Now, remind me, Memorial Day is for those that have served that have passed on. Correct. Veterans Day, is it for all or is it just for the ones that are living? No. I would consider it's for all. Yeah. I mean, geez, they gave their life. So, yeah, they can, we can honor well, sure, them on but Veterans I mean... <laughs> Day and Memorial Day. <laughs> well, that's always, the, that's always the excuse no matter what you say. Like Memorial Day and you celebrate living veterans, they say the same thing. Well, they well, essentially that's... gave up their life anyway no. to serve. No. 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 That, that, no. Their holidays have rules. <laughs> yeah. As a previous military spouse, we do not celebrate my husband on Memorial Day. <sighs> That is not his day. Today is the day that we recognize his service. And then Armed Forces Day is for those currently serving, right? So Armed Forces Day is a new holiday. And, you know, if it hasn't been around for my entire lifespan, then I don't recognize it. <laughs> like, I feel like Armed Forces Day was just made up because people got so confused and so offended over... Memorial Day, the Memorial Day and the Veterans Day argument that they were like, fine, we'll just have one in the middle. It's called Armed Forces Day. You guys decide who you celebrate on it. <laughs> You're going to get us some, some angry comments. What? It is a holiday. Oh. Real. 
If you all celebrate it, that's your choice. <laughs> but that's not today. Today's it's not today. Day. Today is Veterans Day, and we are recognizing all those who served. All of our vets. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Back Row Games. Back Row Radio's own card game side project with games like Judge Not, Back Row Baptist the Game, and Punishment Deck. Judge Not has been updated and expanded, and now there are four brand new expansions to the original game, including a Christmas version, similar to the popular games Most Likely 2 and The Voting Game. This church culture-focused game of Specs and Planks will be a huge hit with your close friends. Backrow Baptist the Game has also been updated, a smaller board and simpler play mechanic, but 270 trivia cards ranging from simple Bible trivia to Joel Austin or Fortune Cookie and Bible or not. It's a... Uh, it's a blast. We just got in the prototype for the updated version this past week, and it's it's awesome. But there are a lot of cards. <laughs> Essentially 300 cards in all. It's, it's quite a lot. So you, you'll have plenty of replay value with this game, is what I'm saying. Check all these out and more at backrowradio.com forward slash games. Let's kick off Monday like we always do with a few Christianese translations. If you've been around church culture for any length of time, you've likely run into a few of these uh, Christian-themed phrases that you don't tend to hear anywhere else in life. And so we're going to give you a couple of these phrases that you might have heard, and then Mo is going to share with you the real meaning. Here we go. Number one, let me wrap this up. Just 30 more minutes to go. (laughs) Number two, I prayed for you today. I forgot to say this earlier, but meaning... (laughs) I thought about you once while I was eating lunch. (laughs) And lastly, please pray for traveling mercies. Meaning, please pray that we make it in record time without running into any cops. (laughs) Hashtag fact. How has your week been, Mo? Oi. You know, my week really wasn't that bad. My week was actually really productive. For some reason, I cleaned out all my kitchen cabinets, bought all new dishes, got rid of all my old ones. Chris changed our laundry room light. Y'all, oh my (laughs) gosh. He put new toilet seats (laughs) on our toilets. I saw those posts. Christmas came early. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. Okay, so it's about to get nasty for just a couple minutes. But watching him take the old toilet seats off, which, you know, our house wasn't new when we moved in. Two other families had lived in it prior to us. Oh, and these were the seats that came through them? Yeah, oh, so they were the seats. Goodness. And so that's something that I've been, like, freaking out about since we've lived in this house. Can we get new toilet seats? Like, I'm pretty sure literally every time we've moved to a new house, we've replaced the toilet seats within see, the first week. So that's something, <laughs> anyway, I feel like that's something that they people don't tell you when you become an adult. You know? That's one of those tips whenever somebody gets married... And you write on little cards tips for <laughs> advice for them. Forget about Swap the don't the go to bed angry <laughs> and all of that. Tell them to change their toilet seats. <laughs> when you move into your first home, change oh, your man. toilet seats. This is like, it was the, it has been life changing <laughs> to know that my booty was the first one to touch. And I purposely did it. I ran to both toilets and oh, sat gosh. on both of them first. <laughs> I was the first one to touch them. No one else has touched them. The confidence. It was amazing. (laughs) It was amazing. But anyway, watching him take it off and all, like, I am a pretty clean person. Yeah. 
But there is no amount of cleaning that you can do to get up underneath where the it screws into the... Yeah. You know, that's just years of nastiness. Yeah. So my whole bathroom, well, both of our bathrooms feel like it's brand new, brand spanking new. But anyway, so we had that excitement last night and then I woke up this morning and I feel like I have at least one every year, one really bad Saturday morning oh, no. where I'm just not with it. I can't, I can't properly function at all. I dropped the hairbrush in the toilet. But I, at least I knew it was clean. I went to make my coffee, which typically I buy a coffee before I come Yeah. at the little donut shop. But I thought last night before going to bed, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to save my $2 and I'll make my own coffee. And I stuck my coffee cup underneath the coffee pot for it to mm-hmm. brew directly into my cup. Well, apparently it wasn't directly underneath the little spout. And so I walked out of the bathroom after getting ready and there's coffee all over my kitchen counter. Everywhere. So not only do I not have a cup of coffee, I have a coffee mess that I have to clean up off of the counter. And I'm already running late. And I don't have a hairbrush because I dropped it in the toilet. It was just a mess. I couldn't find my shoes. I still don't know where I took my shoes off at. This uh, is quite a morning. <laughs> and it's only uh, 7 o'clock. It's 6.59 <laughs> on recording for, for day. Us, yes. On recording day. For us on Saturday when we record. <laughs> I figure by this point, everybody who listens to us knows. Well, we get new listeners all the time. Me. Oh, okay, so man. for our new listeners, now you know. <laughs> Matt, how was, how was your week? Uh, pretty 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 good look now matt feels bad yeah. for saying he had a I really mean... good week because my week oh i can i share one more thing sure okay so i learned something last night okay it's november right yeah and what do you do on facebook in november we've both been participating in this oh crud you didn't do it yesterday did i didn't you? do it yesterday i was gonna say I, I kind of missed your post yeah okay shoot. Well, if you do it now, it's still early enough that it'll count for yesterday's. Okay, <laughs> okay so we've the been, thankful thing. Yeah, we've been thank- one thing a day. We've been posting a thankfulness post every day, and I've been getting like super serious with some of mine. Yeah. You know, because if you're gonna be thankful, I mean, sure, it can be funny too, but like, and I noticed that with my thankfulness posts, I'm getting like. Six likes or five likes. I think yesterday I only got four likes. But then I post about the toilet seat. (laughs) And I got like 30 people laughing at it. Five people that love it. And I'm like, what gives? (laughs) Apparently nobody wants me to be serious on my Facebook. They only want me to share humor. Uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm literally having a meltdown over it last night talking to Chris about it as all these likes are coming through on this toilet post. And I was like, what on earth? And he said, what? I said, I made a really good post today about being thankful for friendships and only got four people that like that. But now 35 people like my toilet post. I, can, <laughs> I think I can narrow it down to something even simpler. 
I don't think it has to do with the humor versus serious. What? The toilet thing. You posted a photo of a toilet. So I. So I, everyone's yeah. gonna have what? What's this about? Yeah. So they're gonna have to read it. The other stuff is a big paragraph, a block of text, and that's it. And most people have trained their brain to just, I ain't reading that. You know, I'm not You're reading right. a giant block of texts. <laughs> I don't right. care what it's about. I did think about that. The whole picture <laughs> aspect of a post really. Yeah. Okay. So it's your add turn. A, add a GIF to all your thankfulness posts. Maybe a I relevant should, I'm going to try it next I'm week. I'm going to do that see. too. Yeah. yeah. Let's Adding just. GIFs. Let's see. <laughs> We're going to have a social media <laughs> test, an experiment. Go for it, Matt. How's oh, well, I'm honestly racking my brain to think of anything exciting that happened. Other than the fact that I spent three more days because the app for the Apple Store got rejected again. So I spent three more days learning everything about how to make an app. Stuff that I didn't ever want to know because I just wanted to make this simple app so you can hear the radio station on your phone very quickly. And I did that. That was the one that we put out on Google. And with every rejection from the Apple Store, I've had to learn a little bit more and make it a little bit better. Which, I'll admit, it looks great now. And that kind of forced me to really do some cool stuff with it. But now I've done everything I can possibly do. Even get the stream directly in the app, which I didn't know how to do before. And I figured it out, which should be the only thing, the only requirement for them. Mm -hmm. Because it's a radio station app. Right. What else do you need it to do? And still, it got rejected. So... I spent three days learning how to do that at the beginning of the week and put it in again and still got rejected again. So I've put in a uh, an appeal, an appeal to the app review store. They have a process that you can appeal a rejection. And I have not heard back from them yet as of Saturday. So who knows? Is it just some dude sitting behind his computer that gets these through and he's like, I do know nope. it's... I do know it's like a whole different, like a whole team. There's a whole slew of these people. And sometimes you get lucky and get someone who's like, yeah, that'll work. And sometimes you don't. But apparently they're they're pretty strict on, hey, we have enough radio apps. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So I keep getting a thing. Minimum functionality. There's not enough functionality. I'm like, what more do you need? For a radio app, I have literally, I have the in the in app stream. I have that's only in the app. They they say it looks too. They say it's not different enough from the a website experience. Okay, meaning that there's not enough stuff that's only in the app. Well, now in the app, I have that stream that plays directly from the app, and it doesn't take you to a web page like it used to, which I thought was going to be the main problem. I have. You can listen to the Love Thy Nerd critical hit of the week, which normally you have to be listening to the radio station and randomly catch it or hear it on Tuesdays and Thursdays in the morning show. Uh, now you can listen to it whenever you want, and it's updated every week. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> every week, right on your phone. I have news that uh, about the radio updates and everything that's not anywhere else. It's only in the app. I have um, a giveaway, like sign, in, sign up page for we're going to be giving away i'll talk about this later in the week giving away a signed copy of uh my book 
only in the app. That's the only place where you can sign up. I have all this stuff that is just in the app, native to the app. And still, I can't prove to them, hey, this is this is a worthwhile app <laughs> to, for you to freely put on your store. I but mean, Google is Google okay with it. Google's like, bro, bring whatever you got. <sighs> so well, anyway, we'll, we'll see. I was hopeful last week because I thought I'd gotten it figured it out. And then I was hopeful again this Wednesday when I submitted the last edition. But there's nothing more I can do. There's nothing more I can add to it. It's a radio app. What else can you add that wouldn't just bloat the software, you know? Yeah. And make it just obscenely big and complicated. So <sighs> that's where we're at. Now you got me all frustrated. Wasn't I'm even so going to talk sorry. about it. <laughs> How dare you? So sorry. That's really all I've done all week, and that's why the uh, we had a, our music our Monday music update was late. Because Monday I was just frantically trying to figure out how to get this done. Because I thought that was going to be the silver bullet. And it wasn't. Well, and I felt bad on Tuesday when... (laughs) Will you check from your phone and see if this actually works? Nope. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping. Because I was losing losing all hope in, in figuring out how to get this thing to work. I was hoping that you could go to the Mobin Cube app store, which is where we built the app, mm-hmm. and just download it directly from there instead of through a Play Store. You know, sideload an app, yeah. essentially, which usually works. You just have to, you know, it'll pop up on your phone. <coughs> Goodness. <coughs> Pardon me, gracious. I had a frog in my throat. It'll pop up on your phone like, you know, this is a... Not approved software or whatever. This hasn't been screened through Apple's right. whatever. Do you want to continue? Yes. And there you go. It's on your phone. No. But apparently you can't do that either. So, I don't know. I don't know what the next step will be if they still say no. I know I can't resubmit it at that point because I'll have nothing else to add. I'll have nothing else to update the app with. It is now 100% all I can do with the app. So... I don't know. I don't know what the next step would be. There's got to be a way where you can still get it on the phone, even if it's more on the iPhone, even if it's more complicated. I'll have to figure that out. And then put step-by-step instructions that maybe 20% of the people who would have downloaded it will follow. Hey, April, I know you're listening. So call Nick right now and tell him that we need his expertise. We need his help. This is what he does. He shakes down corporations and forces them to put apps on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, he's Apple a computer programmer and he's made a couple of apps. Yeah. And so this is up his alley. He should be able to. Well, the more I've read about it and the more I've like Googled is this has been a problem for a while with Apple. Yeah. Is that they're just, they arbitrarily will just say no to certain apps even if they're completely fine yeah uh they just have a really strict guideline system that they've had since i guess about two, 2013 2014 that's when i first started seeing these posts popping up anyway in the timeline right and uh yeah so who yeah. knows 
so he has he is no longer an Apple user. He is an Android user now, yeah. and I think that it has something to do with. Sheesh. <laughs> if there's anything, look, I've I've always kind of jokingly demonized Apple. You really have. I really hate Apple now. It's just insane the amount of nonsense you have to jump through for Apple, and pay for the privilege. Yeah. Pay out the nose for the privilege, and I might not even get the app on after the money that I've spent and the time that I've spent. Uh, so, hey, hey guys, what's the news, Matt? Let's move on to the news. <laughs> <laughs> what started as a celebrity uh, celebratory milestone for one YouTube star has turned into a worldwide tree planting initiative. Jimmy Donaldson, more commonly known by his YouTube channel name, Mr. Beast, has become famous for using his internet fame and income for random acts of kindness. When his channel's popularity hit 20 million subscribers earlier this month, his review or last month, his his viewers responded by petitioning for him to raise 20 million dollars by January 1st, a dollar for each of his 20 million subscribers and use it to plant 20 million trees. According to the Team Trees website, which uh, has a prominent ticker, the campaign has already raised enough money to plant more than 12 million trees. Wow. Really cool. Have you ever seen any of those Mr. Beast Mm-mm. things? I figured since your kids are big into YouTube, they might follow him. <clears throat> so, each of my children have a TV in their room. Yeah. So, I don't know what they watch. <laughs> Parenting. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Oh. I figure if I walk in their room and they change the channel really quick, then I need to be concerned. Yeah, if they're holding the remote in their hand all the time, that's something to worry about. (laughs) Finger on the previous button. Turn it on. Oh, I'm just watching TBN, Mom. Watching these people get healed again. (laughs) There's gold dust coming from the ceiling. (laughs) Oh, gracious. All right. Uh, Coming up next hour, we're going to get into the controversy around one of the most popular Christian comedians. But for now, it's Manic Monday. So we got a block of music coming your way, kicking it off with three songs that are going to rock your socks off. Stick around. We'll be back at the top of the end. Backrow Radio is a commercial-free ministry that is partially funded by our Patreon donors. If you like what we do here at Backrow Radio and you'd like to support us financially, please visit patreon.com slash backrowradio. Backrow Radio. Welcome to the game show for heaven's sake. Today's contestants will compete to see whose sin is unforgivable. Our contestants are Frank and Alex. Okay, Frank. Tell us your sin. Uh, I told my wife I lost my wedding ring, but actually I hawked it at a pawn shop to pay off my gambling debts. Wow, the judges rate that unforgivable. Alex, it's now your turn. Well, uh, some co-workers and I made fun of this guy, and we beat him up. And then we killed him. 
even though we didn't deserve it. Alex, that's something no one would forgive. Actually, one person did forgive us. The guy we killed said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Have you done something that you think God will not forgive? Even when Jesus was being crucified, he forgave those doing the killing. God's love is greater than our sins. Have you accepted his forgiveness? Row Morning Show here on Back Row Radio. It is Matt and Mo in the studio. Back Row Radio. We are glad that you are with us. We're going to kick off the second hour with five random facts. Five random facts. Petting and listening to the sounds of a purring cat can help relieve stress and even lower blood pressure for both the human and the cat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey. Uh, pirates wore eye patches to have one eye adjusted for the top deck under the other, and the other already adjusted for darkness when going below deck. That's brilliant. <laughs> mind blown. An abandoned minefield on the Falkland Islands has accidentally created a penguin sanctuary. The mines keep poachers out and the penguins are too small to set them off. Hey, now that's like a feel-good story for you. Let's hear the one fat penguin. There isn't one. Fat Not penguin. anymore. <laughs> there are no fat penguins in this sanctuary. Only the most healthy of penguins. Some turtles breathe out their butts. <laughs> And Mariah Carey has earned over $60 million in royalties from All I Want for Christmas is You since it was released in 1994. She wrote the song in 15 minutes. So see, I didn't even know she wrote that song. I could have sworn that song was one that's been around for ages, just like all the other ones. Yeah. I couldn't. I, I, it took me aback. shining so brightly everywhere. All right. <laughs> Recycled products are the first winners of Olympic 2020. Tokyo, where the 2020 Olympics is going to be held, has declared that the games are going to center on global sustainability with all its resources and infrastructure revolving around the green and clean methods that benefit the environment. One, the Olympic uniforms are made out of plastic bottles. Two, the Olympic podiums are made out of shampoo bottles. Three, the beds are recycled and made out of cardboard. Four, cars and buses are low emission and fuel efficient. Five, the Olympic torch is made out of recycled aluminum. And six, the Olympic medals will be made out of recycled electronics. Everything's recycled this year. Well, next year at the Olympics. It's, I mean, it's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. 
No, I just really find it funny that, like, there's an actual team of people who think, hey, the Olympics is a grand time to introduce this awesome initiative to have this different perspective on what the world can do and what recycled products can do. Heck no! We ain't watching any of that. We don't care about the podium that's made out of recycled bottles. No, we're here to watch the sports. Not anyone is going to give two thoughts to the fact that the medals are made out of recycled electronics. You sounded pretty cynical, Mo. Well, I'm just saying. I feel like there would be quite a few people. No. <laughs> no. No. First of all, not anybody watches the news anymore. I, I feel like that's wrong. I feel like everybody watches the news. I not try not to watch the news. Not many people watch the news anymore. Because you have the people who are like, I don't want to watch the news. It gets me all depressed. I don't want to know what's going on. And then you've got the people that live in places like Clovis that we just don't have a news channel. Our closest one is out of Amarillo. And it makes zero sense to watch the news in Amarillo when I live almost two hours away. And people are too busy. Nobody's watching the news anymore. It doesn't happen. So nobody's even going to know about this until they look at the podium and go, that podium looks a little jacked up from what it did the last four years. Does that podium say head and shoulders all over it? (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be all confused. They're going to not have any idea. They're not. Whatever. Prove me wrong. (laughs) I would contend that not a lot of people watch the Olympics anymore. Ooh. Okay, but here's the thing. Is it the Summer or the Winter Olympics? It's I think the, these are Summer, aren't they? It's the they? Summer Olympics. 2020. Isn't the Summer Olympics usually on our election years? Pretty sure. Yes. Pretty shoe. Yes. I'm pretty shoe about that. So I feel like more people watch the Summer Olympics Absolutely, than yeah. people watch the Winter. But I also feel like the Winter Olympics are more entertaining mm-hmm. than the Summer Olympics, which is strange. So more people are, you know... Their summers are more free to watch, to actually have time to dedicate to watching the Olympics as opposed to the Winter Olympics. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. But I agree, the Winter Olympics are. I mean, the summer I'm going to watch diving and I'm going to watch beach volleyball. And that's about it. I'm trying to think of anything that would actually entertain me in the Summer Olympics. Beach volleyball is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean. I think we watched that standing in Avis. Really? <laughs> the last time there was an Olympics, we were going to Summit. We stood there and we watched that. And, and soccer, I think, as well. Um, or football, as it's football. called, everywhere else. Um, but yeah, I'm like, maybe, maybe basketball. I really liked Olympic basketball back when we had the. Do they the play dream basketball team. in the Summer Olympics? Yeah, isn't that what it is? Isn't that one of the. I don't know, because basketball is a winter sport, so... Right, but they wouldn't use... I mean, because they use professional yeah, I guess. basketball players. I guess. I, I don't know. Basketball is my least favorite of all the sports. But we had that so. U.S. Dream Team back in the 90s with all the... You know, Michael Jordan led, all the big big guys, Larry Bird. I don't know. But it was cool back then. I remember I had the card. And I know Larry Bird's on it. I think Dennis Rodman. That sounds about right. But anyway, it was neat back then. But I don't know this year. 
these times, these days. These days. Oh, it's what's his face? Steph Curry. Yeah, I don't follow basketball. <laughs> I know See? Le- I know LeBron James. He's almost on his way out, isn't he? He's been around a long time. Um, yeah. He's about to make another space jam. <laughs> I feel like he's older than we are. Well, that was dumb. <laughs> uh, moving on. That old? <laughs> My goodness. Okay, guys, we've been dragging this out because we don't want to talk about this, but we feel like we have to. Christian comedian John Christ has canceled his remaining 2019 tour dates after multiple reports have surfaced accusing him of sexual promiscuity, harassment, and exploitation of young women. And by, I, I keep seeing that phrase, young women, it's not like children, it's just younger women women in their 20s yeah i mean it's not women of adult age but the way they phrase that and i've seen a few phrase it even worse it really comes off as him like hitting on teenagers and that's not what's happening yeah and anyway it uh it was broken by charisma news which is not a news source that i typically trust so i really waited a while before uh to, to make sure there was some corroboration uh, beyond that. Because the even the article itself, it didn't come off like a news article. It came off like a very heavily opinionated and heavily uh, biased piece of work that came at the article like head on as automatically this is a fact that, well, we all know he's scum, but now we have proof. That's kind of like how it was presented. And so, of course, that's going to make me think, oh, well, this is a tabloid, essentially, yeah. a tabloid article. Yeah. Um, but uh, unfortunately, everything seems to have been aligning that this is actually accurate, um, which is a bummer for sure because, number one, he is really funny. He's, he's one of the funnier uh, Christian comedians out there. He was actually just, just starting to... Uh, like hit a stride in his career. He was about to have a Netflix special. He had a big uh, tour going on. He was touring with Winter Jam as the first comedian to ever tour with Winter Jam. He was the comedian featured on DC Talks Cruise uh, this past year. Uh, like he was, he was getting up there. He was reaching uh, the highest level that a Christian comedian typically reaches, which isn't super duper high, but within the community, it is. Um, but. For those of you who haven't read the story, it's uh, ah, difficult to even put into it a is. concise term. Sorry. Uh, let me just read part of this article. Charisma News details many specific cases of Chris initiating relationships and earning the trust of women who believe him to be safe because of his professed Christian faith. As one woman said, there were a few moments I thought, hey, this is kind of weird. But the same phrase kept playing through my head that stopped me from leaving. It's okay. He's a Christian. He won't do anything inappropriate. That same woman alleges that he piled uh, piled her with alcohol until she was on the verge of blackout drunk and tried to have sex with her. Uh, Chris apparently did uh, make a statement about this, uh, admitting to, to most of this stuff. Um 
He said, over the past number of years, various women have accused me of behavior that has been hurtful to them. While I'm not guilty of everything I've been accused of, I confess of being guilty of this. I have treated relationships with women far too casually, in some cases even recklessly. My behavior has been destructive and sinful. I've sinned against God, against women, and the people who I love the most. I have violated my own Christian beliefs, convictions, and values, and I have hurt many people in the process. I am sorry for the hurt and pain I have caused these women and will continue to seek their forgiveness. I have also hurt the name of Jesus and have sought his forgiveness. On sev- uh, over several recent years, I have privately sought and received regular professional treatment for my sexual sin and addiction struggles. I'm committed to getting healing and freedom from my sin and have decided to cancel my remaining tour dates this year and to postpone all future commitments in order to devote all my time and energy to getting healthy spiritually, mentally, and physically. Uh, those closest to me, my family, team, and close friends have known about this battle for some time, and now you do too. I'm ashamed of my behavior, and I'm sorry for hurting so many people. I don't blame anyone but myself. I'm responsible for my actions, and I've repented, and I'm taking full ownership. I realize it will be difficult for some people to ever forgive me, and I accept that as a result of my bad decisions and actions. My entire career has been lived out on stage, and even though I've shared many of my life struggles with my audiences, I've lived in constant fear of the darkest parts of my life being exposed publicly. My greatest fear has been uh, that those who loved and supported me would hate me if they knew everything about me. I now humbly seek forgiveness and mercy and love, not just for me, but for those I've hurt along my path. I'm so sorry. So... The response to this has come essentially in two flavors. We've had the, he's a predator, we need to seek justice, he needs to be canceled forever, that kind of stuff. And then there's the, well, he repented, uh, he's, he's saying he's going to get his act together, and we should forgive him. And I think... Both directions are going too far in their mm-hmm. respective directions. Yeah, the answer is <clears throat> right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so with with all the stuff, with all the Me Too movement and everything that has happened in the last few years, it's it's become a little too easy to take what is, yes, scumbaggish behavior and inflate that into making it sound overly predatory. Mm -hmm. Even in this article where it says here, the same woman alleges that he piled her with alcohol until she was on the verge of blackout drunk and tried to have sex with her. That makes it sound like in the story that was laid out, which I read the full thing that, you know, was her account. That makes it sound like he got her drunk. He did not get drunk. And then once she was drunk, he tried to take advantage of her. Mm -hmm. That's not what the story was. The story was they were both drinking. They both were extremely drunk. And then in that state of drunkenness, that's when he wanted, you know, sexual relations. Mm -hmm. But even then, he wasn't like throwing her on the bed or trying to force her clothes off or anything like that. He was just, you know, drunkenly... Making advances. Flirty touch and making advances. Yeah, it's it's scumbaggish, sure, but not quite predatory. This was a drunken night, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. which she participated in. He mm-hmm. didn't, like, slip her drinks throughout the night. This was now 
she came into it thinking a different thing about it. But then again, if that's the case, alcohol, why, why, why drink that? But anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like we're blaming her at all, but just overall the reaction to it of making him seem like this evil predator person a little too far. Some of the things that he has been listed as doing is, uh, let's see here. Individually sexting multiple women during the same time period, initiating sexual relationships with married women or women in committed relationships, offering show tickets in exchange for sexual favors and repeatedly calling women late at night while drunk. All of that. Yes. Scumbag behavior. Absolutely deplorable, sinful, terrible. Not quite the same as slipping Mm -hmm. drugs in a drink or that stuff that we typically deem as predatory. Yeah. So I think the best that we can label him, or the worst that we can label him, is kind of a scumbag. (laughs) Someone who has a problem and needs help. But yeah, that's the other thing that's been overlooked a lot in the reaction to this is... What seems to be clear is that he has an alcohol problem, and that might be the thing that lets his guard down with the sexual issues as well, because he he definitely has an alcohol problem, because he's doing things like putting vodka in a Snapple bottle and stuff like that, all the tricks that, you know, alcoholics tend to, or water bottle and stuff like that, uh, all the tricks that alcoholics tend to use to hide their drinking uh, throughout the day. And so it, it hurts because it's clear how hypocritical this is, especially given the times that he gets semi-serious, because uh, there, there are things that he gets semi-serious about, and it's always about checking your heart. You know, that's his big joke, Check but he heart. also has yeah. made that into like a, a real cry for, you know, if you're struggling with something even that song that he made the rap song that he made with uh, 1k few and no big deal um it was about all these things that christians tend to do that are you know hypocritical and we need to check our heart and one of them was uh in no big deals verse one of them was having gin and tonic in a in a sonic cup you know hiding your day drinking and it's just so difficult to have someone beloved and, and, and being followed massively just suddenly be cut down like that. And I know I'm dominating. I'm sorry. I'll let you talk here a minute. Sorry. Um, what what uh, our friend John said to me in, re- in response to this was what I felt initially first to more than anything, my initial reaction was, seriously, another one, another person who is going to make our job harder as Christians because they're in the limelight, which is a terrible reaction to have right away. But that that is the thought because it's happening so often these days in Christian circles and especially like in the Baptist convention, you know, we've had so many uh, realizations over the last couple of years that this stuff's been going on constantly and not being addressed. Um, but in reality, and we'll talk about this a little more in the next hour, you know, this is 
partially my story too. And it's partially a lot of people's stories. Um, when we have these hidden sins and we don't want to address them. But, uh, what were your thoughts when you first read this story, Mo? Um, I was, my first thoughts were immediate heartbreak. Yeah. And just on several different levels. Um, for the women who feel like they've been violated, they've been wronged, but also for John as well, for Chris as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... <clears throat> I don't know. For, I think because of Celebrate Recovery, because of the time and the investment that we have in that ministry and the people that we've been able to meet through that ministry, you know... We've befriended and gotten to know many, 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 many people who are have the same similar struggles and battles as Chris does. Mm-hmm. But the difference was, or is, that they are actively seeking recovery for it. They are actively seeking help. Yeah. And on the other side, we can say, you know, we can celebrate on a weekly basis, their their recovery process. We can celebrate even on the days when they fall, on the days when they stumble and they have to go back and get a new blue chip, which is the starter chip, you mm-hmm. know, when they have to fess up to that, we still celebrate that. Yeah. We still recognize that as an achievement because they are not allowing it to remain hidden. Right. You They're know. remaining committed to getting better. Exactly. And so for me, really, I had to come at it from that type of perspective. Mm-hmm. I think recovery has overtaken much of my mindset in life. And I've Absolutely. come at almost every situation in that kind of perspective. Um, so his admittance, I, I loved his statement. And I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for it. And I'm okay with it. But I loved his statement. I loved the fact that he said, I've been accused of doing some things. Not all of them are true, but this is what is true. Because I feel like we can all find some commonality in that. We've all been accused of things throughout our life that wasn't necessarily true. There was some truth in the statement, but it gets always things get blown out of proportion, you know. So by him saying that, I was like, okay, yeah. That's that is an honest statement. He's been accused of some things. Not all of them were true, but this is what is true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with her, the the girl's statement, and I, th- I'm gonna have to walk a very tight rope here. Yeah. But with the girl's statement, as you were saying, it made it seem as if he had date raped her, date rape drug. You know, yeah. put something in her drink and. I mean, the last time that I checked, I'm an adult woman and I have free will Mm -hmm. and I can say that's enough. I understand feeling safe. I understand being in the presence of someone who you think isn't going to violate you, isn't going to hurt you. I understand all of that. I get it 100%. But I also know with full certainty that I am a strong enough person to say I'm done. I've had too many, you know? Um, 
And maybe, maybe she wasn't. And for that, I do, I feel really, really, really sorry for her, just hurt for her, Yeah. you know, for what she's had to live through. But at the same time, I feel like we've gotten away from there are two sides to every story. And in, in those two sides, somewhere in the middle is where we'll find the truth. You know, these days we've gotten too lax on just taking one side and forgetting that there's another side to the story. Yeah. Now, that being said, uh, in the story, of course, all of the stuff John Chris should have been responsible enough to not even initiate. Absolutely. Which, which is, you know, we're not giving him a pass. We're not saying that at all. We that's another part of this tightrope. We want to make clear. Yeah. Not giving John Chris a pass on any of this scumbag behavior, one hundred percent. And I feel like you that said that enough done. for me, though. So I <laughs> right. was able to come just, at it from just, more of a yeah, compassionate. No, no. I'm just sandwiching, <laughs> sandwiching in. The, yeah. The, so we don't get people. But hey, I'm about to blow too. some people's minds. If we are going to hold him to a high enough standard, just because of who he is, to say that he should have been within sound mind to have never initiated anything, then any woman he was in contact with should have been within sound mind to be able to stand up for herself. And that's just the perspective that I'm coming at from it. Hate me for it, love me for it, whatever you want to do. That is, as a woman, I am saying I need to go into every situation where there is a man with a protection around me big enough to be able to say, I'm walking away from this. Right. I can be held accountable for my actions as well. I I agree. And But I'm not giving him a pass. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> and uh, another thing that might blow your mind, and we'll talk about this as we move into the third hour, is that all of you listening, a majority of you have some secret sin that you're hiding too that you don't want to be revealed. Not me. So we're going to talk about that <laughs> coming up in the next hour. And what that looks like. Uh, let's take a break from all the seriousness uh, and uh, listen to some music. We're going to have a music block kicking off with three Manic Monday hits to rock your socks off. We'll be back at the top of the hour. Stick around. but louder two hours of the hardest rock and heaviest metal christian music has to offer saturdays 11 p.m eastern only on
Welcome back to the Backroom Morning Show, kicking off this third hour with a bit of back row news. Uh, making wedding decisions is tough, but rarely do a bride and groom agree on everything. When one couple couldn't decide what food to serve, however, they came up with a winning solution. Just order Domino's. Victoria, 26, and Tom Brown, 29, from Cornwall, UK, ordered 350 pounds, which is $450, worth of Domino's pizza for their wedding guests instead of having a traditional sit-down meal. Victoria told the pizza behemoth her budget, and they sent her as much as they could for the $450, which turned out to be 30 large pizza boxes, 20 garlic breads, 20 boxes of chicken strips, and 20 boxes of potato wedges. It was the St. Austell branch of Domino's biggest order ever, but they pulled it off. I mean, I wouldn't have hated that. So, <laughs> um, our friend Samantha, her sister Holly, mm-hmm. when she got married just a few years ago, I want to yeah. say it was three years ago maybe, they, that's what they had for their reception, Domino's, Domino's. Pizza. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep, so Holly's <laughs> oldest daughter is also gluten-free. And so Domino's was the only place in town that... Yeah, they have that option. Uh-huh. They could order gluten-free pizza for Zaylor and the entire... I'm, it was like 30 pizzas in yeah. the reception hall. But I am telling you what, it was all eaten. Everybody <laughs> was happy. You didn't hear the first person be like, Domino's, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, we had people on the dance floor dancing while holding their Holy pizza, pizza. Yeah. and eating. That's a party right there. I everybody. thought it was brilliant. <laughs> I really did. I told her, I was like, this is the best idea ever. So, you know, good job, Victoria and Tom of, of UK, but Josh and Holly did it first. So. <laughs> of Clovis. <laughs> All right. Well, getting back to our main topic. Last hour, we started talking about John Christ and the controversy that has come up around him this past week, which uh, is bad, Uh, bad, bad stuff, bad uh, news for sure, especially if you've been a fan of John Christ over the past few years and his uh, weekly and sometimes even daily videos and comedy routines and whatnot. He's been heavily, heavily featured on social media. He's all over Instagram and whatnot. There was a time period where he was doing an an Instagram story every single day. And they were almost all hilarious. Of just him randomly in life, just reacting to things. Almost all hilarious. Uh, he does have a special already on, I believe, Netflix. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, which was really funny. It's from 2015, I think. And then he's... He was supposed to have another special coming out on the 28th of this month called I Ain't Praying for That. Uh, But apparently Netflix officials have said that that is no longer going to be happening, at least for now. Um, So, yeah, it's it's rough. The if you didn't hear the first hour and if you've been living under a rock, the uh, (laughs) the issue is is basically sexual misconduct allegations uh, being being. Well, what's the word? Inappropriate, <laughs> overly inappropriate, inappropriate, aggressive, yeah. uh, aggressively inappropriate with uh, all kinds of women that he's met that he's not married to. Uh, in this article, one of the things I wanted to point out is that his, I believe it was his ex-girlfriend, uh, said that they were having a conversation about these struggles that he has, and she said that in the in that conversation he said uh, the phrase. 
a part of me just wants all of this to get found out so I can just deal with it. And that's what's happening now. And that really reminds me of my story. Mm -hmm. Uh, My whole testimonies online. You can watch it there if you want. Uh, Matt Coker. Matthew Coker, I think is how I wrote it. But anyway, my story's out there. But initially, I had a a problem with pornography. And, you know, this is, I mean, not your typical dude's problem with pornography, but like the addictive behavior kind of problem with it. Severe, to where it threatened pretty much everything in my life, including my marriage. And I remember the day that I got caught... I remember my my first in my first few thoughts was thank God mm-hmm. because now I'm gonna be forced to do something about this because I couldn't make myself do it I couldn't make myself deal with it beforehand and that's on me uh, I was uh, you know like you said earlier you know you have the celebrate recovery mindset now you can look back and see uh, with empathy how other people are re- reacting to things. And it's hard for me to get mad at people who have a hidden sin and don't come forward until they hit rock bottom and get caught or get arrested or something like that because it's terrifying to think on your own, okay, I'm just going to admit to this and get help for it because you have everything to lose is what, you look, you, what you're looking at it like because there's, there's mystery in the future. You know how miserable you are now, but, you, but you've lived it for so long that it's almost comfort. Because you can at least anticipate how you're going to feel. But if you're going to step out into that unknown of trying to get help and how people are going to react to you and respond, that's terrifying. Because it's unknown. You have no idea what's coming your way. And so, even if you're miserable in your sin, you're likely to stay there. Because there's some sick comfort in it. And so with this Chris story, he knew that he had all these problems. Uh, in his statement, he said, you know, he's been trying to deal with it personally for for a while. But, you know, obviously he hasn't been doing enough or often enough or gone far enough to really take steps to get healing in this. And now I feel like this situation is going to force him to do that. And I'm hopeful of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that reminds me that a lot of us are like that. A lot of us have something. It doesn't have to be sexual. It could be any kind of, of addiction or, or hang up that is uh, ungodly. That's keeping us from being the person that God wants us to be. That is hindering our relationship with Christ and hindering our spiritual growth. And it's something that would be completely embarrassing if we let it out. And we should be getting help for it. And most of us tend not to until we reach that point. Until we're found out. Caught by a spouse or a friend or the police or anything of that nature. Um, And, you know, God told us multiple times in the Bible that this was going to happen. Luke 8.17 For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made known and come to light. It's not just talking about like when you go to heaven and you're you're going to review all your past sins. Mm-hmm. It's talking about here on the earth. There's nothing that's going to be secret. Yeah. Uh, forever, something's going to come up 
if you're continuing to live in this hide the secret, hide the secret life, eventually you're going to get found out. And we see that with, you know, people that for years we've idolized, mm-hmm. you know, with Bill Cosby and, and, you know, all these other big like celebrities and, and, uh, you know, we had <laughs> the first, the first one that came to my mind was the guy, Lance Armstrong, you know, Lance Armstrong for years celebrated and went through the whole thing and, uh, with the cancer and had the Livestrong bracelets, mm-hmm. the Livestrong Society, and then eventually mm, comes out he was steroids, yeah. using steroids. That's how he won all his races. And just suddenly, big hero, big massive hero, tarnished forever. Yeah. And it's hard to think that there's a comeback for that because when you're in the spotlight like that, even even as low of a spotlight as John Christ was in just within the Christian community, when you're in a spotlight like that and you get tarnished in this way when your secret sins come out, I don't know if you make it back from that, at least at the same level. Yeah. But one way or another, this had to happen. But I think that that should put it into perspective for us that that could be any one of us uh, at any point. Absolutely. And to even think that we're above the idea of getting into a situation where we're starting to hide a secret sin, that we're falling into a bad habit, a bad addiction, uh, to even think that that could never happen to us is arrogant. Because um, that stuff doesn't happen all at once. You don't just wake up and decide, oh, well, I'm going to start treating women badly or I'm going to start using heroin today. You know, this stuff is a is a you know a trickle or a slow fade, as uh, that was a casting crowns, one of those bands. Sure. So you're slowly. My mind is all over the place. Yeah, this morning. me too. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm jumping around as well. And I I would venture to say that our listeners probably feel the same way. You know, we are struggling with this internal battle of he's our brother. Regardless of anything, mm-hmm. you know, we need to hold him accountable 100%, absolutely. But at the same time, he is admitting, he's willing to admit that he has a, a problem and he's willing to admit that he needs help. So I want to come alongside him, not that he knows who I am from anybody, but I, as a, a whole, I would love for us as a church, you know, to come alongside him and say, we're praying for you. Yeah. We love you. Your sin is no greater than my sin. Jesus died for it just as much as he died for me. And I hope to see this through. I hope that in a few years you can come back and you can say, this is my testimony. This is what ended up happening. You know? Mm-hmm. But just as you were talking about his ex-girlfriend and how he said things to her, you know, in confidence, it breaks my heart at the mere thought that that was a cry for help. Mm-hmm. That was him reaching out. And I can just imagine what I would have done being his girlfriend in that situation. I probably would have brushed it off. Like, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can I can visualize myself doing that. One, because I feel like if someone is admitting to me that they have a problem, then really it's not that big of a deal. If they know they have a problem, then... They're well on their way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what Obviously. I mean? Yeah. Um, and two, because I I would have taken on some of that guilt of, well, what am I doing wrong? 
you know? How am I not being everything that he needs if he has this drinking problem and that leads to this, you know, sexual misconduct, then I'm lacking somewhere. I can... I'm just replaying all or I'm playing all these scenarios in my head, thinking it all through, trying to figure out all the different situations, all the different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I think you were talking about how it's hard for someone to just come out and admit when they have a problem Um, and that a lot of times it's just better, easier for it to just get found out in a big way like this. Yeah. And my argument would be that he was trying. He was trying to get found out. He was trying in a in a much lower capacity in the confidence of his girlfriend in the secret of his home probably. He was trying in that sense to get found out, to get an urge to be pushed into recovery, to have someone come alongside him and say, "You're right. What you're doing is inappropriate and we need to figure it out." You know, and that happens so many times in life where people jokingly make a statement about a problem that they have and their friends are like, oh, you're fine. No big deal. You know, having social drinks with somebody and a friend is like, "Eh, I think I might be an alcoholic. I think I've had one too many. No, you're okay. You're walking fine. No. If someone makes a statement like that, take it for what it is. Mm. Have those hard conversations. Be willing to say, okay, well, tell me a little bit more about that. Why? Are you serious or are you just joking here? And even if they're like, no, I'm just joking, say, all right, well, then maybe we should be done for the night. You know, be willing to be that person who makes the hard statements because it might be what your friend needs to take that first step. Yeah. To take that first step of admittance. I'm not saying go and point out something that you think you saw or that you think you heard (laughs) because we've walked that line and it's not okay. But I am saying if a friend comes to you and jokingly or even seriously says something, don't take it half-heartedly. Take it for what it is and yeah. have hard conversations with your friends or with your spouse or with your parents or your your children or your siblings, whatever. Whatever the relationship may be. Don't just brush it off. Yeah. You could be saving somebody's life. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, and so with that, I guess the last thing we talk about is, you know, what's John Chris's responsibility now? Um, he's... You know, w- would he have a path to get back to uh, being in the spotlight? I think he's taken the right step in canceling the tour mm-hmm. and kind of stepping away from the absolutely. commitments for a while. I think that's absolutely the right step. And I think he should stay away for a while. You know, make sure that he's gotten his issues under control. Uh, and, you know, that could take years and years that could take a decade or more you Mm -hmm. know if of even even of steady progress that could take a decade or more to get over both uh, an alcohol problem and sexual promiscuity addiction you know to get over both of those things could take a while and so i think he should take that time he should focus on himself he should focus on his relationship with god but the other thing that i think is a requirement in the situation 
is that he keeps his promise here. In his statement, he said, I'm sorry for the hurt and the pain that I've caused to these women and will continue to seek their forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That is, I think, the bare minimum requirement is that he has to make direct personal amends to the women that he's hurt Mm -hmm. uh, for at least some semblance of justice in the situation. Because there does have to be that balance of justice and grace. We can't. Go full, full-fledged justice and full-fledged grace. There's got to be that middle, like we were talking about in the in the second hour. There's got to be this middle ground. Uh, we can't just say, "Ah, forgive him," and put him back on. Let's do this Netflix special. Come on, yeah. You know, we can't do that this quickly. There's yeah. got to be time. There's got to be time for healing. There's got to be time for for restoration and growth. Uh, and grace is a part of that, but justice has to be a part of it too, because these women. Whether or not, you know, no matter how much of the situations they might be to blame for or or, or whatever, because like you said, we're only really hearing their side of the story, uh, which has been one of the main issues with the kind of Me Too movement is as it's grown, as it's grown and expanded, it started to become a little suspect in some areas because we're not being able to hear other people's, the people being accused, their right. side of the story. Uh, there have been quite a few people that I've seen, quite a few men that I've seen that have been accused of something. It's found out to have been incorrect, but their reputation's already destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to have that 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 level of of looking into it. But at the same time, these women, if they if they were truly hurt by John, if it was truly this situation and everything that we read it read, we take at face value as accurate. Uh, they have to be taken care of just as much as uh, anybody in this situation. They they definitely need grace from us as well. They definitely need uh, support and prayer from us just as John does. Mm-hmm. And uh, what makes it difficult, in this article there were two women who, all of these women had identified as Christians at this point. There are two women who have left the faith, as it were, since this interaction because they trusted John as a Christian and, you know, similar, I guess, to a pastor taking advantage of somebody and then walking away from the faith is similar to this. John's not a pastor. He's never said he was a pastor, but uh, we do tend to put Christian celebrities up in that same realm of trustworthy people, you know? Yeah. And so... We definitely need to be praying for the women as well, and they definitely do deserve uh, their amends, uh, their direct amends from John. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all that does need to happen. Uh, and as you were saying, Matt, that could take... Yeah. The recovery process portion of it could take years, mm-hmm. you know, on John's end. It could take... The way that if you've never dealt with anything in your life, you've never been through a recovery process the way that it works it's it's ongoing yeah. it's for the rest of your life you typically end up finding that one you know your one big sin and you work on that and then through that process lots of other little sins come up little things yeah, you know that could be big things exactly and <laughs> find that a lot of those little things are the root for that big thing yeah. you know and you have to deal with it all so really it it truly could take years upon years upon years mm-hmm. <laughs> before that's handled. But also on the, the ladies' side, it could take years upon years before they're ready to receive an amends sure. from John. Sure, 
from John, Mm -hmm. you know, um, thinking from my own perspective, I still don't want to look people in the face that have hurt me. Yeah. You know, and that I'm, I've talked a few weeks ago about how I'm currently going through the book of Genesis and studying those those stories that we all know so well from, you know, our children's church, (laughs) but studying them a little more in depth. And recently we were going over Joseph and the portion of the story where his brothers came back to him and they didn't realize who he was. You know, his brothers had thrown him in a pit and left him for dead and they were, they were done all because of their jealousy. And then years go by, Joseph has become this affluent Afflu, say the word I'm looking for. I don't know what word you're looking Af, for. Aff, okay. He becomes this prominent guy, right? <laughs> There's somebody out there right now saying it for me because they know exactly what. Affluent, never mind, forget it. He's become this prominent guy and they are seeking his help. They need his help in this, in this time in their life, right? Joseph yeah. knows who they are. He realizes they are his brothers, and affluential. Thank you, thank you. Rich and socially influential. Thank you. (laughs) Um. Anyway, so Joseph has figured out that they're his brothers, but he doesn't immediately offer forgiveness, and that's the part of the story that I think we tend to forget. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He tests his brothers to make sure that they're not going to hurt him again. Yeah. And that's a part of forgiveness that people tend to just brush off. They think, well, I said I'm sorry, and now I'm, I'm good. You need to forgive me. But for the person who's been hurt, there is a period of time where that forgiveness requires testing. It needs to be it seen. It requires yeah. action. Mm-hmm. And so for... The women who have been hurt, specifically these women who put Chris on a pedestal and have turned away from the church now, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lengthy period of time that needs to happen where he has to prove himself. He has to prove that he's he's honorable and that his word means something and that he has turned from those sins, that he can be trusted again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that is a necessary part of this healing process. Yeah. It's going to be necessary for him and it's going to be necessary for them. And it's going to be necessary for anyone else in the future who's ever going to trust him. Yeah. And that's just something, you know, that's something that I think that's the hard part of grace. Because we just think, okay, it needs to be easy. We just need to forgive and we just need to move on. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Right. The hard and, part is that we walk them through the process. Right. And I think we get that tripped up with when we think about, you know, the grace that God gives us. Mm-hmm. We think, well, you know, God just gave us this grace freely and whatever. Well, that's not entirely true. Right. God gave us the, the grace on one condition. And that was that we turn our lives over to him. Mm-hmm. We believe in his son and that we want to then build our life to be more godlike. And right. so I mean that's that's Christ like. That's that's something that is is kind of like the basic requirements of this situation. And mm-hmm. so that grace is the is the starting point, but it's not the ending point. It's not right. the be all end all. The grace comes with 
uh, an expectation that we will, you know, not waste it. Right. And yeah, so at the same time, that's, yeah, like what you said, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. That grace has to be lived out uh, or has to kind of not, not necessarily earned, but, but it needs to be justified, I guess, in a sense that, that you have to be genuine. Yeah. You know, it has to be, it has to be a genuine change, especially for those of us here on earth, uh, because none of us are perfect enough as God to be able to give grace as God gives. Right. Because God can see into our hearts. God can see into our minds and what we're really thinking and how we're really acting. Uh, here, there is a, a perfectly reasonable level of, of, uh, I guess not distrust, but, uh, needing proof i guess mm-hmm. i mean there's that's perfectly reasonable for for him to come back ever as a a christian comedian and have some sort of role within the public eye i feel like those things definitely have to happen yeah. for him to come back to christ or you know i i don't want to say come back to christ because i don't believe that you lose your salvation i just believe that you struggle but whatever that's my right. own personal opinion <laughs> so <laughs> um but you know that grace from God is not ending. God's not saying it's such a hard tightrope, a hard rope to to anyway to walk. Yeah, thank you. Um, like you said, it's, I'm done. It's really hard to put the stuff into words. Uh. I can't. I can't form words anymore. <laughs> but for him to come back as a in the Christian spotlight as mm-hmm. a person who we admire look up to put on on a pedestal if you will those things need to happen first that has to be part of his actual story exactly amends has to happen with those ladies we have to know that that has been completely healed recovery has to be completely taken care of or actively working through because Mm. like i said it's an ongoing process you know um but at the same time it's not like the church has closed its doors. They better not close their doors, you know, yeah. or God has turned his back. And because of that, because God's not turning his back, I feel like we as his Christian brothers and sisters shouldn't turn our backs as well. Yeah. Should we be hurt by it? Absolutely. Because I feel like hurt sin offends God, so it should offend us as well. Yeah. But we shouldn't turn our backs on, on someone. This is the prime time to come alongside them and love them. Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> so there are a lot of other things that could sprout out of this that we just don't have the time to talk about today. Or the words to form. Or the words to form. It's a it's, tough day. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a tough topic. Tough tightrope. Um, but, you know, there, like I said, it is one of the things that it is a an ongoing problem within Christian culture of uh, prominent Christian men basically getting away with stuff like this for a long period of time. Uh, that's, that's come out often in the last few years uh, in the church. And it's something that does need to be addressed and something that uh, we as Christians should be working towards bettering. Um, but in this situation, in this given situation, I think we've spoken our piece on on what we think. Of course, we don't know any of these people personally. We don't know where they are in their spiritual walk, any of the women or John himself. Uh, this is just all based on what we've read and what we've seen and, 
And we're not trying to pass any kind of judgment uh, on any of these people per se. It's just our, our initial reactions and, and our thoughts based on our own personal histories uh, with our own struggles and, and uh, the people that we know in the recovery process. But uh, we are praying for John. We're praying for the women that, that have been hurt uh, by John. And we're praying that ultimately God can use this situation to build them all to be better people. Uh, and as heartbreaking as it is to see someone hurt like this or to see someone be outed as someone with so many issues and, and problems and, and bad behaviors, as, as painful as that is, it is a good thing that it's coming to light. Not just for the justice reason, but because... This is where growth starts to happen. This is where change starts to happen and betterment starts to happen. Mm -hmm. If John stays committed to that, which I hope he does. Not everybody who enters a recovery process stays committed to it. Mm -hmm. And that sucks. It really does. Mm -hmm. um, I, the, the cruddiest thing about leading a celebrate, uh, celebrate Recovery program is to watch when people just stop coming. Yeah. You know, and you know that they were nowhere near ready to stop coming. Mm -hmm. And I, I just hope that this public uh, embarrassment, essentially, that he's having to suffer, uh, this public change, is uh, enough to convince him to stick with it mm -hmm. and to get the help that he really needs. Uh, and... I guess that's the best we can pray for right yeah. now. I want to offer a truth bomb and a little bit of hope All to right. end us out. Do it. But this is for our listeners, and it's really not about John or the women, okay? Slightly about them. Anyway, <laughs> don't fall into the trap of putting people on a pedestal. Mm. Just because they're a pastor, just because they're your Sunday school teacher, the youth pastor, whatever. Just because they have written thousands of Bible studies and they speak at tons of conferences a year, they are still human. And they are still sinful creatures. And the only person who we can truly place on a pedestal that is never, ever, 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 ever going to let us down is Jesus. He's the only one on that pedestal. Yep. If we put people, human, our friends, our pastors, our leaders, if we put them on that pedestal, we are going to get hurt. We are going to be let down. It's going to happen eventually because they are human and they are sinful. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's close out this hour real quick with a radio update. I already gave you the app update in the first hour, so I'll skip that for now because I'm done yelling about it but <laughs> we did add some new music like i said it was postponed until thursday but we got it up there last week uh we had new music from 1k few elevation worship and red some classic music added from mars ill delirious gs megaphone and nicole c mullen nicole c mullen yeah what yeah that first big album what? that i ever knew her from was talk about it and that's, that's stuff we added for them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then indie stuff from Matt Sassano, Butter the Preacher, and Crumb and Theory Has It, which uh, Crumb and Theory Has It 
was brought to us by Hector Mira. He, he submitted it on their behalf and really good, really uh, uh, rap music that is very fantastic. There's a lot of really good indie uh, rappers out there, which... You ain't got to tell me. Which, yeah, well, I mean, I almost see it as a surprise since we started this process. Okay. Because back when we were doing the the Back Row Baptist podcast, you know, we were seeking out artists to, you know, be featured on a, on a weekly basis, whatever. And I was constantly looking for, like, really good, talented, independent Christian rappers. And I could not find hardly any. Like, I could count it on one hand how many, like, good ones. You know, there's plenty, plenty of not quite ready for primetime uh, <laughs> Christian rappers out there. Yeah. But I thought that there were just hardly any really good ones. But I have come to find out that there are so many really, really good ones uh, that just don't have that, you know, advertisement out there. You don't right. know about them. Uh, because they're, they're so independent. But yeah, well, now really you good know. stuff. So listen for them. Stick around. We'll be back soon to close out the show. Hey, have you heard? We're so glad that you're listening to the Back Row Morning Show in its podcast form, but we hear there's actually an entire radio station that plays some amazing Christian music throughout the show and all day long. We've heard, and now you have too. Join us at BackRowRadio.com and stream online or download our free app for iPhone and Android. Back Row Radio, Christian music in every flavor. Back to the back row morning shows. We close out your show for the day. We got your Bible verse and thought. Bible verse for the day. First John 2, 15 and 16. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And our thought for the day comes from Paul David Tripp. Self-reliant independence is a delusion. We were created to be dependent on God for all we need all the time. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific. Our podcast is available in the afternoons on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and the Back Row Radio Android app, and hopefully future iPhone app. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we don't know how far future. I don't know how far future. <laughs> uh, <One> be, sh- <laughs> be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio and join our laughter inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to brbchurch.com. If you love what we do here in the Back Row Morning Show and Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us, even for just as little as $1 a month, over at patreon.com slash backrowradio, P A T R E O N.com slash backrowradio. Help us to continue to add music. Help us to continue to grow and uh, advertise and all that kind of good stuff. We, we, we need monies for it. And you guys are the only monies we can get because we don't. Sitting on your fat wallets we, <laughs> and we over here struggling. <laughs> we don't play ads just for that purpose because we are listener supported. Oh, uh, so as we said, Android users, the uh, app is here. Get it. The brand new app. Uh, and it's even more brand new than it was before because I've had to continue to update it as I've continued to build it for iPhone to be better and better. So they'll accept it. And they're still, no, I'm not going to get in this again. Sorry, no, you're not. I said I wasn't going to do it. Android, it's there. Go get it. It's amazing. You can play the, the station directly from the app now. Uh, it doesn't take you to a new page. It doesn't open up a browser like it did initially. You can play it right from the app. Also, a lot of cool things. You can listen to the Love Thy Nerd. Uh, critical hit of the week with Hector Mira right from the app news recently played sign up for contest all that kind of stuff all in the app really fun stuff iPhone users hopefully you'll get it sometime soon if not get a better phone Uh, that's that's it for the show we'll be back tomorrow we hope you will too Mo what's the final word words are hard (laughs) if you need us we'll be in the back bye bye